Hello everybody, welcome to Borderline and Back, Help, Management, and Resiliency for Borderline Personality Disorder. I'm your host, Maggie, and before we get into this episode, uh, this is just a reminder, I am not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a psychiatrist, therapist, counselor, any of those things. <laughs> I'm here on this podcast sharing my journey and experiences of managing Borderline Personality Disorder, BPD, <laughs> as well as my comorbid ADHD, helping to be able to like I said, share my story to connect on some level with at least one person who may have recently been diagnosed is going through the process of being diagnosed and what I call management, learning to live with and move past the most debilitating parts of this disorder. Additionally, I'm here to share this story if you're here listening because someone you love, someone you care about has recently been diagnosed with BPD. And you're trying to get a bit of an insight into what they may experience. Especially because a lot of the time, people with BPD have a really hard time explaining that to the people that are closest to us. It's scary. So if you are the loved one here listening, thank you so much for just trying to understand and be there for the person that you care about. It honestly means the world to us. It has been over a month (laughs) since I recorded. I had all of these intentions of doing this whole... Uh, BPD Awareness Month campaign, get things going. And then I know I've said this a million times, not a million, that's hyperbolic. I've said this a lot. Shit hit the fan. May just, I don't know what happened. If you're into the whole, you know, astrology thing, and I don't even know if this is true, but I always hear people say Mercury was in retrograde or something, but my life went to shit. (laughs) It just went completely off course. And I had to kind of do a mental prioritization of what I was able to mentally hold space for. And I've said this before, I freaking love doing this podcast. It's very important for me to do, but it also requires a lot of space from me, a lot of emotional space, a lot of mental space uh, for recording, as well as for responding to messages that I might get. And I I really want to make sure that I'm in the correct headspace when I go to record episodes or when I go to respond to messages or direct messages, things like that. Um, It's important to me to be able to do that. Likewise, it is also extremely important to me, and I believe I've said this before, to authentically represent what I experience when it comes to managing my BPD symptoms. And something that I've been really working on is setting boundaries for myself for people around me and at work too. I need to be able to not overextend myself, to not just say yes to things because I'm feeling like I have to, to enter those people-pleasing cycles. And again, it's not that I don't want to record, but I need to make sure that I have the energy and the space to do things like do my workouts, to meditate, to spend time with family, those things that really keep me grounded. And truly help manage the kind of darker, in air quote, symptoms, parts of BPD that I still work on every single day. And I hope that anyone who's listening can kind of resonate with that. And I want to give you the permission, if you're having a hard time giving it to yourself, that number one, it is okay to say no to things. (laughs) Number two, even though I just went through a whole thing about explaining why I had time off, you don't have to do that. 
you don't have to justify why you need space as long as it's not malicious and you're just cutting people out of your life things like that I want you to be sure that the first person that you are now thinking of when it comes to taking care and giving the attention and the love and the compassion the empathy in your life is you because so often people with BPD including myself everyone else is our priority everyone else is our focus except for ourselves and something that I've learned through my whole diagnosis and management journey is that the key to management is to actually flip that mindset and I said this in the favorite person episode uh, in season one you need to become your own favorite person your own first priority and in my opinion that is truly one of the key key elements when it comes to management to moving past the truly destructive dis pardon me the truly destructive elements of this disorder part of my reset and making sure that i'm in a good space is making sure that i'm not isolating myself too much um i'm pretty good with not isolating myself from family but especially not isolating myself from friends and connections uh, a lot of my close friends uh, live farther away from me than would be ideal or be nice. So I've been trying to reconnect with people from other times in my life, say high school or whatnot. And I've recently been spending time with a girlfriend of mine who I've known since first grade. Um, We were in a first grade class together. Love her to bits. She's going through some stuff in her life right now. But we've been hanging out, going out for dinner, those kind of things, chatting. It's been lovely. And every once in a while, in true, I don't know, 21st century friendships, we, we'll send each other songs that are really resonating with us. And she sent me one by Sam Smith called Love Me More. And this song, I'm going to try and include it either at the beginning or the end of this episode, is so beautiful. I love that Sam Smith wrote this. Because honestly, it truly resonated with me and my experience of what it took for me to get to that point in my management journey to realize what the most important element was for management, at least from my perspective. And that is truly learning to love yourself. And I'm not saying love through that whole. I love everything about myself. I have no flaws. What I would call almost toxic positivity. Because there are things and times where it's okay to not love something that you've done. To not love every element of yourself. The important thing is to hold that space and recognize that part of the human condition is that we aren't perfect that there's always going to be things that we're striving to love more about ourselves and to truly hold that space and that grace for ourselves to allow ourselves the ability to truly have that growth to learn to not beat ourselves up and i i honestly think that that is what self-love truly means self-love doesn't mean you know posting a million selfies on Instagram or 
trying to get likes or just saying that I'm the best person in the world and all that, self-love can sometimes be the hard things. (laughs) Self-love can be evaluating relationships and coming to terms with the fact that some of them might not be serving you anymore and that it is okay to have that happen, that people are allowed to grow past one another. Self-love can be recognizing that you might have poor spending habits that you need to sit down and evaluate. Self-love might be recognizing that you have a bit of an addiction problem, that you are self-soothing, self, self-soothing, pardon me, with something like alcohol, and you need to evaluate that. That, you know what, you need to cut that out of your life. Self-love can be adding elements of discipline to your day to help you build structure, to give yourself that environment that you need. That can be things like making sure that you make your bed and not giving yourself excuses, making excuses for yourself to not do it. Self-love can also mean self-discipline. Self-love can be hard. Self-love can be uncomfortable, at first at least. But as you move through it, at least from my perspective and my own experience, It's those acts of self-love that honestly make the biggest difference and have made the biggest difference in my own management journey. Learning to love myself. And when I say love, it's almost like um, being the parent to myself that I needed. And again, mom, dad, if you're listening, I'm going to apologize. I know we've talked about this, but I just want to set it out there. But from my experience, it's been parenting myself in a healthier way that I wasn't necessarily parented for or in ways I wasn't parented for when I was a child, when I was a teenager, when I really needed guidance and I didn't have it. Loving yourself more and having self-love can honestly mean either sitting down with yourself with a trusted loved one or something I've done is sit down with my psychologist and examine things that are going on in my life. And just sit down and actually talk about them. I've, I've quite literally done SWOT analyses, uh, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats <laughs> with my therapist, my psychologist, when it comes to different elements in my life. And that's to make sure that I'm doing a full analysis and that my thought patterns are in line with what the reality might be instead of the reality that my brain creates for me. Those SWOT analysis, those sit-downs, those check-ins, and those just reality checks, if you will, help me out so much. And they're not always comfortable. Like, who am I kidding? They're not comfortable half the time because I sit there and I realize that I'm still managing this disorder day-to-day, no matter how much I think that I'm doing well, because I'm not having to use my DBT skills as often because I'm not at those highly charged crises situations anymore which I'm so insanely grateful for but because I'm not at that what my therapist calls like the tip of the iceberg part of BPD that I'm now at like the bottom part that sunk the Titanic like this big mass of everything else when it comes to the issues that I'm having to deal with that contributed to my BPD it's one of those like holy shit like there's so much more now And I wasn't anticipating this. For whatever reason, I thought that 
getting all of my DBT skills underway meant that like I would be in complete control of my BPD and that I would be what a lot of people like to call as like recovered or functionally recovered. And I'm still realizing like, nah, Maggie, <laughs> right now, set that expectation for yourself. Love yourself enough to know that you're, you're going to have to manage some things potentially for your whole life, at least for a while while you're still getting to, to, to understand yourself and recognize those thought patterns. And for me, that's part of loving myself is not beating myself up for that. Because at the beginning of the month, beginning of May, end of April, I really was. I was giving myself a hard time because I thought I should be doing better. I was worrying that maybe I was regressing. And I had been talking to a friend of mine who's going to be appearing on the show at some point. And something that her and I always talk about is that even when what you might be experiencing as a setback is happening. It's not really a setback. It's more of just kind of like a pause. It's just like a, a blimp in your progress. You're not actually generally going back too much because it's an opportunity to learn. And I appreciate uh, you, Melanie, if you're listening, for saying that every time you said it to me. Uh, because honestly, I remind myself of that pretty often and I have that note in my phone. So thank you. Um, self-love and loving yourself more from the parent like self-parenting side of things for myself at least is doing things for myself out of care instead of just brushing things off because they might be easy and that's something that I feel that I experienced a lot as a child that instead of not even just as a child into my teens even in my 20s in my marriage it was just instead of actually sitting down and looking at what is going on why it's going on what is contributing to behaviors or actions or reactions it was just what what can be done to make this stop immediately like what do I need to do to make Maggie not be extra in air quotes or just stop Maggie from being air quotes too emotional those kind of things (laughs) part of doing this whole parenting of myself is to sit down when I'm feeling uncomfortable and do those inner child journal prompts that I've talked about to really sit down and work through my feelings and determine, is this what I'm experiencing now? Or am I time traveling? Am I in the past and is something bubbling up that I didn't get to address as a child or teenager as a young adult and now it's affecting me where I am now? Am I reacting in a way that's potentially symptomatic of BPD that's disproportionate to what may be going on right now? There's so many things and it's honestly, it can be overwhelming. Who am I kidding? It can be completely overwhelming. And that is where I think that pulling the e-brake, I've talked about that in an episode before, or just stopping. Use a stop skill from DBT and give yourself or I give myself time. Like it's one of those, nope, we are giving ourselves at least minimum of an hour, sometimes a whole afternoon, sometimes a whole day to just stop. Self-soothe, do some self-care, journal, reconnect, do some mindfulness to kind of get myself in a place before I think through things, before I react, because 
I might not necessarily trust myself to be in the fully wise buying state that I want, even if I'm trying to convince myself that I am. For me, uh, something that I've had to learn when it comes to loving myself and what self-love means to me is that (laughs) it doesn't always feel good. It's not always that like, I deserve this. It's good. If you want it, you have it. Um, A lot of, like I've said earlier, self-love for me means discipline. (laughs) It means not doing what instinctually feels good uh, because I've had to learn that sometimes what has felt what I would have called good in the past is actually extremely maladaptive. So learning to love myself more and to truly love myself has really meant evaluating behaviors prior to acting them out um, and to also show some humility and to be able to recognize and admit and communicate when I may have acted out or said something from a place that is in one of those emotional mind frames that is maladaptive, that is more of what I would consider childish behavior, because that's honestly the only way that I know how to explain that uh, to other people. Um, I call them tantrums, essentially, or protest behaviors, all these other things. Um, Learning to love myself more and to truly love myself has honestly meant holding myself accountable in ways that other people didn't. And that's okay. Holding yourself accountable is very different than beating yourself up over small things. Um, Holding myself accountable means I'm holding myself to a new standard of the type of person that I want to be. Uh, That has to do with how I communicate in relationships. That has to do with my discipline with routine. That has to do with vulnerability and how I'm showing up day to day. That has to do with things like actually making it to work on time and not using the excuse of, oh, I'm in X employee group. I'm supposed to have some flexibility. It's examining what is going on and essentially telling myself to like, fuck up, kid. Like, you're an adult. You're 32 years old. You don't live at home. You no longer have a partner. Like, you are the driver of this car that is your life. And you are the only person who is capable of giving you the life that you want. And it's time to fully take control of that situation, to fully take ownership of that and really be the person that you wanted to be, that you needed in your life that you didn't have. And that it is okay to do that. Um, Also recognizing that part of loving myself is recognizing that there's a certain type of relationship that I want to have with other people, whether that be with my family, whether that be with friends, or one day if I get into like a committed relationship with somebody again, and that is going to require a certain amount of vulnerability uh, on my part that is going to require me to allow people to help me, if you will. It makes me so anxious to even think about that. My inner control freak hates that. But it is recognizing those things and allowing them and to slowly start building up tolerance for it. And that that's honestly part of loving myself and 
becoming the person that I want to be. Loving myself doesn't mean that I'm always comfortable. Uh, my way of loving myself is to incrementally be uncomfortable and to live with the discomfort and to move day to day towards being the best version of myself that I can be. That tomorrow I'm a better person than I am today and today I'm a better person than I was yesterday. This is kind of a rambly episode and I kind of like these episodes, I'm not going to lie. But if I were to summarize this episode, um, I think what it would be, the synopsis, if you will, is that giving yourself space is okay and 100% necessary. That evaluating what's going on in your life and making some adjustments temporarily or long term is one of the ultimate forms of self-care and self-compassion that you can have for yourself. And that making adjustments don't have to be permanent. They can be temporary. You can adjust things, but you need to be able to hold space for yourself to not overextend yourself, to not get yourself to the point that you're being driven into the ground and that you're being overextended and you're too tired and you can't do this and that you're trying to please everyone at the expense of taking care of yourself because with this condition, it's very easy to get into. Very easy. Who am I kidding? People pleasing is part of this condition. It is a central part of BPD. And one of the ultimate acts of self-love and loving yourself more is recognizing when people pleasing is happening and recognizing that it isn't healthy. It's a maladaptive behavior and that there's a difference between being a people pleaser and being a kind person. And I want each of you to think on that. And I want you to know that setting boundaries and taking a pause and putting yourself first for a while, or honestly putting yourself first for the rest of your life does not make you a bad person. It does not make you greedy. It does not make you selfish. It puts you on the path to being the best version of yourself and to have a life that's worth living, to have a beautiful life for yourself. Something that I've learned is that you can't truly show up for others. You can't fully be in a relationship with other people. You can't fully love other people until you're able to do all of that for yourself. I hope that you may have gotten something from this episode. Oh, that is my alarm reminding me to take my evening medication. Um, If you've listened to the episodes on um, things that I do for my ADHD, welcome to my alarm life. Uh, We'll keep this episode authentic here, folks. And until next episode, this is just a reminder to give yourself a little grace, to practice a little bit more self-love day to day. If you're having a hard time, I want you to know that it's okay. It's okay to struggle. It's okay to not be feeling your best. I want you to know that it's okay to not wear that mask. That I understand that wearing a mask is exhausting. And it is terrifying to think about taking it off. But I want you to know that I appreciate those feelings. And I understand where you're coming from and where you feel that you need to mask. And I want you to know that... One day, I hope that you're able to take that mask down and hopefully through a couple of resources and some self-growth and development, you get there. 
Most importantly, I want you to give yourself a little bit of grace. Uh, no matter what's going on in your life, uh, you're probably doing better than you ultimately think that you're doing. And until next episode, have a great one, everyone.